Ginger on ginger, ginger on ginger, Jacob has red hair, so does Alex. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ginger on Ginger, the show where two redhead comedians choose a word, phrase, or concept, and then talk about it through their gingery lens. I'm Jacob Godley. And I'm Alex Tate. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space, so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at podgo.co. And be sure to add our podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. Alex, how are you? That was a that's got to be a new record for you. Yeah, speed round. <laughs> you were you were gripped and ready to rip with that one. I'm always gripped and and I'm I'm always gripped. I'm not always ready to rip. <laughs> gotcha, but you're always just clinched. Now I just imagine you just walking around with a clinched butthole at all times. Okay, legitimately though, until I took like a yoga class in college and she was like she just was like, "Okay, you're probably all clenching right now. Stop." And you could feel the class like stop like collectively stop clenching and uh, yeah, yeah. I was clenching for a lot of my life. I've learned to not clench. I've definitely I definitely try to do that as well. Like if I'm laying in bed, it, it's it's I'll, I'll have tension in my shoulders, but then yep. in my butt yep. also. And then I go, no, release that. And I like feel like it's like my job, constant, me. constant fear of pooping myself, even though I just took a poop maybe like 20 minutes ago. And I'm like and I'm like, there's no there's no poop in there. Speaking you of records, this yeah, is yeah. a record for how fast you've talked about poop into an episode. <laughs> well, sorry, I got distracted. Um, All right. We have some people laughing at us, so we better introduce <laughs> them. huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, welcome to the podcast for the first time, Evan Smith and Casey Chapman. They are going to be helping us out with the Gingers on Ice show next month here in Missoula, October 9th at the Zootown Arts Community Center. How are you two? Wonderful. Doing all right. No complaints. Excellent. Thanks for uh, putting up with us talking about clenching and uh, pooping. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. That's all I hoped it would be so far. That's, that's... I'm used to it by the now. You are. So, yeah, well, good. Well, uh, well, I'm just going to say our word of the day is new friends. And we're just going <laughs> to jump into it because uh, Casey is a new friend. Evan's an old one. Alex is an even older one than uh, Evan, but not by much. Met you two are... Uh, Sort of in the same, but anyway, uh, Evan, let's let's start with you. What's what's, how do you know us? What's what's our story? Uh, I believe you guys did some uh, Zoo Town improv at my high school of Hellgate, and that's oh, that's what, right. That's <laughs> right. I, I forgot we actually went to your school. Oh, yeah. I completely yeah. forgot about that <laughs> shit. That was one of the weirder days of my life. I got in a car <laughs> crash before I, I, I went there. Like like two minutes before I went there, I got in a car <laughs> crash. <laughs> How bad um, was it? Not that bad. My car still drove there, but I did get in a, my first and only ever car crash. I was wow. late to that show, that high school show, because I got in a car crash. <laughs> this is all coming back to me now. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. So then we did that, and you started taking classes. We taught you some improv. Uh, mm -hmm. Casey, you are relatively, I mean, I guess you've been here over a year now, right? In Missoula, just over a year, just over a year. Welcome. You're relatively new and, uh, you've been hosting like improv jams in town. I have been, uh, you and I, I remember you because you were a stranger who commented on one of my improv posts on Instagram. And I got very excited about that <laughs> to have someone who I did not know 
asking if the jams were still going on. Um, so you had a lot of buildup leading up to us meeting. Oh, uh -oh. yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's like excites cre creative people though. When another like creative person they don't know is like, oh, oh yeah. hey, what are you doing? Like <laughs> That's the dream. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh man, this redheaded guy on Instagram wants to come to my improv jams and here we are now. And they were We've fun. So far. I know. I, I had a good time. And I thought uh the very first jam, the the I think I thought we had a very good scene. Uh and that was like kind of what inspired me to be like, hey, what like what else do you do? And do you want to help us out? Because it's it especially after like a year and a half of not doing any in-person improv, it's nice to find someone uh that you kind of already have a shorthand with, at least mm -hmm. through the lens of improv, you know. It is funny, though. I was realizing the other day, you and I were talking and saying that we need to actually hang out. We jumped straight from, hello, nice to meet you. Do you want to be in my show? And uh, I realized that the majority of the time we have spent together, we have been pretending to be other people. So that's correct. Yeah, we yeah. would definitely be considered new friends. Yeah. That's uh, that's how Jacob judges people is he does an <laughs> improv scene with them. And if it's bad, he straight up does not talk to that person anymore. <laughs> It's, it's it's harsh, but I respect that. <laughs> I wish as... I wish that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> when you're as jaded as I am about the comedy business, uh, yeah, you really. Uh, I I respect people who are doing it for the fun of it, and I I, I feel like mm. the last like my return to Missoula has inspired me to do comedy again for the fun of it. But man, there were a few years where I was burnt out, and Alex is right. Like I. I judged a little harshly perhaps a li yeah a little bit you also said <laughs> you also said in my jaded view as if you're 45 years old and have been doing this for 32 years <laughs> no i have been doing it for over a decade at this point which is weird but you have not been in the comedy scene for over a decade okay you said you started it when you were in high school with your little troupe yeah. of boys running around we were about... the lewistown comedy scene i don't know what no, to tell no, no, you no, no, no. Talking... <laughs> every high school group of boys does think that they are the comedy scene though whether that's true or not mm. yeah. why don't you describe for our audience um a certain um call of duty uh <laughs> video that you forced me to watch and why it was one of the worst things i've ever seen um <laughs> It was one of the worst things you'd ever seen because it wasn't made with my established high school comedy troupe. It was made with some um, other friends as part of a class. Basically, it was like a 10-minute commercial for the new Call of Duty commercial or video game uh, that was fake. It was like Call of Duty. I think we called it Call of Duty Modern Warfare, like two and six-thirds or some something stupid like that. Um and yeah, it was like 10 minutes long. It's, it's not good. But enough about me. Casey, you also <laughs> sharpen knives. Is that right? I Whoa. do. Yeah. Uh, I'm a chef is my day job. And when I moved to Missoula, I couldn't find a pro to sharpen my knives. I usually did a pretty half-assed job myself and got a pro to finish them up once or twice a year. I moved here and could not find anyone to do that, whether that was because of COVID or just bad luck. I complained about it for a couple months and then I decided to just get better at it myself. So now I sharpen knives and repair tools and all sorts of fun metal work at the market. That's cool. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, who, is, who is, um, uh, who's your favorite chef of all time? Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, my favorite chef of all time. 
That is a really tough question. I like, okay, I like Jacques Pepin a lot. I've read a couple, like I've read a few of the books that he's written and little like collections of essays. I really like his perspectives. Um, but also I just saw the Anthony Bourdain documentary a while back. And while I don't know that I would consider him my favorite chef, one of my favorite food figures for sure. That documentary was very interesting. Um, I thought you were going to say Remy from Ratatouille. So. <laughs> that would have been the correct answer. I was, uh, you took it really serious and I don't know who... <laughs> Jacques Poupon is or whatever you said. I'm sorry. Um, it's it's played it really Poupon. well, Alex. <laughs> is that I, yeah, the a... same Jacques that's on Nailed It? No. Uh, what? Nailed what It? That? The show on Netflix? Is that the where... bad baking show? Yeah, they bring on regular oh. people to like try and make like ba- real bakes. There is no way he is on that show. I like I owe you five bucks if he is, but I, I don't would think be it's him. But there rock. is a French chef named Jacques who like <laughs> la- laughs at them. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's like saying there's a Republican named Don. Yeah. You know, that you can't just say there's a French chef named Jacques. It's it's, it's no Jacques shit. Torres. Uh, it's not uh, Jacques Pepin. You're looking this oh. up right now. Yeah, man. While we're on, I'm on my computer. <laughs> like, uh, Evan, you have been far more involved with the local Missoula theater scene than I realized you were. Like when I came back, I think I've seen you in like three or four things already. I'm impressed, honestly. Yeah, I uh, kind of realized that too. It just, I don't know what what was up with that. I mean, I feel like we were in (laughs) some of those productions together. (laughs) We did do one of them together, Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. um, That just kind of came out of nowhere. um, And it's just been... This has been fun. Are you allowed? So go ahead, Alex. Evan, what's the greatest play of all time? (laughs) Um, oh, it's the Ratatouille play that (laughs) a bunch of TikTok kids put together. Actually, yeah, it is really good. I wanted to watch that, and I'm really bummed I missed it. This is real. Yeah, Yeah. that wasn't some terrible joke that you just made as a callback to my joke that I just made. That's a real thing. No, it's both. Terrible oh, callback sh- and a real thing. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. I got to see this. Everyone loves a good callback. <laughs> One of the recurring themes on this show that we discuss is uh, like outdoorsmanship or out, out just being outdoors mm. uh, and travel. And I was wondering, Evan, if you're allowed to share your story about uh, <laughs> get like getting kicked out of Europe. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, I'm well versed in travel. And if you have any other questions, come to me. Uh, yeah, I did the whole American backpacking uh, thing in Europe, um, fresh out of high school, boatload of money, mm-hmm. and <laughs> just decided to uh, see the world. And it was great. I was there for about eight to nine months. Um, uh, some stuff I probably not allowed to talk about, but met a lot of great people. And everywhere was, and everyone was very friendly until you, I got to Scotland. Wait, what do you mean? Like you killed someone? <laughs> that <laughs> like was you very vague. That's what I'm hearing. You didn't kill someone, but you saw someone die and didn't call for help? Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, does the I FBI Witness help. Protection Program apply to international incidents? <laughs> I mean, there was a few Geneva conventions probably broken that I witnessed. Oh my uh, God. That means torture. Yeah. Uh, well, 
I was there for it. I remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah, obviously, you don't have to say it out loud. <laughs> no, it's this one guy. He was a crazy bloke from Australia. He would go around with a slab of bacon, and he would like ask if he could slap you with it. <laughs> and everyone said, "Yeah." I didn't see one person that said no. I said, "Yeah." And after that, though, he'd come back with vodka and like a big uh, like washcloth, and he would ask if you could like waterboard him with, with the vodka. vodka. That yeah. sounds God. like the worst first date ever. <laughs> okay, so remember when I was like, that's like torture, and you were like, <laughs> you were just dead serious about it. <laughs> so it was just someone doing it to themselves. Yeah. They, they also, Man. why? what was the bacon part of that story? It's just uh, warm you it. up for the vodka. Yeah, you told me he walks around, slaps people to bacon. Also, he waterboards himself with vodka. Oh, yeah. He would, he would be... <laughs> He was very PC about it. He'd be like, this is not kosher, by the way. <laughs> you, yeah, getting... No, no, no. That's not an excuse. Like, that's, also, it's getting... not 2005 anymore. You can't say this joke. I know this joke is racist, so I could say it. That's not no, how it works. Like, I believe he was saying it's actually not kosher because he's slapping people with bacon. With bacon. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, but you got to Scotland, right, Evan? Oh, yeah. Eventually, crawled my way to there. And... <laughs> I was amazed that I even made it to Scotland because I was way past my Schengen visa in Europe. So getting out of Portugal was really stressful. I thought as soon as they looked at my passport, they were going to pull me aside. Now, is the band Portugal the man from Portugal? (laughs) Are you you the man? Are you the man? (laughs) I was the man in Portugal. I saw the the president of Portugal in Lisbon. He was just on a beach waving. At all Is of his fans. He naked? No, he um he had shorts Damn. on and a little polo. It was cute. Um, hmm. but no, I didn't see Portugal the man there. But I was a man in Portugal. Okay. And then I got out of Portugal, luckily enough, and I got to Scotland, and I was so relieved to uh just get out of the Schengen zone and. Not have to worry about that anymore. And I thought I was home free. It's going to spend the rest of my days in Scotland. And then I get to the border control there, essentially. And uh, they asked me the basic questions like, what are you doing here? Like, how long do you plan to be here? Where are you going to stay? And I slipped up. I admitted to them that I was going to be working at a hostel in uh, Scotland. And that would have been fine and dandy if I had a work visa which i didn't so they pulled me aside for like eight hours and they took all my belongings and they just kept periodically checking in like yeah this is pretty bad so we'll see what happens they would just poke their head in and be like hey just let you know you are fucked all right (laughs) but in a scottish accent exactly the accent that's it was the best they would always (laughs) or you're fucked mate that was a terrible accent that was was, yeah that was like australian (laughs) yeah Mikey, I work at the Scottish border. <laughs> oh my god! You're trying so hard. <laughs> Can you do an Australian accent, Casey? Oh no, I certainly cannot. Okay, okay, I just... I'll pass on that one. Uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, they finally pulled me. Uh, they gave me the big speech. They said, uh, "Have a wee seat here," and they told me I had a day to just figure out how to get the hell out of there. And that I'm not straight, straight up banned from Scotland, but if I ever do return, I 
it will be a little bit tricky. Is this just uh, Scotland or is this the UK? It's just Scotland. Or it might be the UK, actually. <laughs> you might want to figure that out before you try and go back. <laughs> might want to That's... nail down what that means. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Casey, you are from Baton Rouge, correct? Or you lived Not there? originally, yeah. I okay. lived in Baton Rouge, Louisiana for about six years until Where are you I moved from? here. Georgia, Florida, Texas. I'm from the oh, South. Okay. Well, I moved yeah. around a lot growing up. Oh my God. I thought that was a town called Georgia, Florida. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I am from Georgia, Florida, Texas. That's what, that's what Florida Georgia Line named themselves after. Oh, the worst God. band in America. Yeah, please don't associate <laughs> me with that. I, I worked very hard to drop my Southern accent because I moved to Southern Florida when I was 12 or 13. And the further south you go in Florida, the more north you get. It's all Yankees in Southern Florida. Cocaine. Yeah. The further northern Florida you go, that's where all the rednecks are. So we moved to South Florida where all the rich like New Yorkers were living. We were not mm. rich New Yorkers. But I immediately just got mercilessly bullied for having a Southern accent and like pronouncing fire, fire. <laughs> so 13-year-old uh, Casey taught herself how to completely eradicate that accent until i started drinking and it still comes out sometimes then oh for sure i do yeah. still say y'all as well it's just a good gender neutral term it is you're safe in montana with y'all we all say y'all yeah y'all folks i say it way too often and i've i've said it to some a, a couple from new jersey today and they just found it so quaint. <laughs> and i was like dude they were checking out at the store and i said do y'all have a rewards account with us and they were like <laughs> we do not we're from jersey but y'all do you actually say that and i was like oh, i guess it just kind of came out so yeah it's been my go-to like gender neutral term at weddings this summer and we've had a couple like destination ones where yeah it's like people from socal and they're like oh we're, we're stick to get married i'm like oh y'all aren't from around here <laughs> <laughs> okay, i want to i want to know more about your chefing background casey um, so I went to LSU and I studied political communication and sociology. I was basically learning to run campaigns and get people elected and in office. I did that for a couple of years throughout school and transitioned a little bit into nonprofit fundraising. So same skill set, but I slept a little bit better at night yep. and had better benefits, better work hours. So I did nonprofit fundraising and like corporate fundraising for a couple of years. And I woke up very suddenly one day and realized I did not want to spend the rest of my life in a cubicle. So I spent a couple months figuring out what I wanted to do. And I thought I might like to try cooking. I did not cook much at all before that point. I was like not a home cook. I can think of at least 10 times that I've ended up in tears just trying to like cook like a very simple like chicken breast kind of dinner. <laughs> um, and so everyone thought I was crazy for going into cooking professionally, but that's what I ended up enjoying was doing it at work where there's someone who's going to yell at me if I fuck up. And there's a lot of like high pressure situations. That's what I love. So yeah, I got into cooking about four years ago, I want to say. How's your, how's your risotto? My, oh, I love risotto. The first restaurant that I worked at as a cook was an Italian place, but our head chef was Lebanese. So we had a really interesting Ooh. like fusion of flavors happening. We were definitely modern Italian. 
And so we did some really amazing risottos, like very fun ones every single week. So I can get down with risotto. That sounds awesome. Yeah. That is the, uh, I've been told that's the dish of lovers because it, t- <laughs> it takes a long time uh, and it must be done with care. I got to and- say that no one is going to want to have sex after eating risotto. It's a pretty <laughs> heavy dish. Yeah, yeah. Like Also, you, yeah, you've been stirring and cooking it for hours, which yeah, you yeah. actually have to stir it the whole time for the it's record. It's like 10 p.m. and you've finally gotten a little bit of risotto and you're like, I don't think I can stay up. <laughs> yeah, no, this is going to put you right to sleep. It is heavy. Like there's parm in it, almost guaranteed cream if you're cheating. Like <laughs> it's, it's, not a, it's not really a lover's meal. It's a nice meal. But it's not leading to Pound Town. It's yes. delicious it's, to eat off of a lever. It's a stepping oh. stone to Pound Town. Like, I think that's one of the meals you cook <laughs> before you're having sex with each other. Like, that's what you impress them with when yeah. you're still trying to be like a little chaste and, like, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. What then, is an optimal meal for Pound Town? Yes. Oh, um, Give us the, the a, proper Pound Town meal. Yeah. Professional perspective. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Appetizer. Uh, main course i'm gonna take you through like my thought process here immediately first thought was like charcuterie board but no i immediately imagined all of the meats and cheeses on a charcuterie board and how sweaty they get if it is warm Mm. at all that's a no like sweaty salami is not a sexy (laughs) dairy can induce bloating as well yeah sweaty salami is the dessert okay boom that was we had to be there the pun was uh, it was like already set up okay continue Mm. you're welcome uh let's see the ultimate pound town meal uh <laughs> is i think gonna have to be pepperoni hot pockets man they're just oh, filling is. enough um they don't leave your breath super bad like there's a tiny bit of garlic but not so much that you're gonna seriously regret it but you is- can eat one if you're feeling really sexy or two if you want to be a little lazy about it is the like I just ate a piece of lava rock <laughs> suck and blow <laughs> technique. Is that hot? Like, don't. <laughs> oh. Is is that not the preferred method these days? I haven't I haven't dated in a while. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Times have changed, Cassie. What if you ate a hot pocket and it was all hot in your mouth, and you then you went down on that person, and you just had like whoa hot breath. That's the ultimate hot pocket. I was I waiting mean... for someone to pick up on the hot pocket part, To be honest with you. I just really love Hot Pockets, guys. What's your favorite pepperoni? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I prefer the five cheese, but they're very hard to find in stores these days. I'm upset to report that. So pepperoni is the automatic second choice. Ham and cheese is third. You hit on something interesting earlier when you were talking about how you couldn't find someone to sharpen your knives. That's just Montana. I mean, like <laughs> there are things, uh, there's mediums that have are still unclaimed in this state. And so mm. it heartens me to know that people are moving here and, and, you know, finding success in these niches such as knife sharpening or ginger comedy. You know, yeah. I, I was really hopeful that there would be some interest for it when I first started sharpening knives and like when i booked my first week at the market i was so nervous it'd be a waste of time and money but it's been really encouraging that people are super excited just to have someone doing it and to have a woman doing it it's fun i get to show up all the old men who want to come over to my booth and think that i don't know what i'm doing it's really nice to get them to pay for my service and be happy (laughs) and impressed with it afterward 
Yeah, last time I stopped by your booth, this guy was like, I need a stone. And you were like, I only have mine. Like, I don't, <laughs> you can't have it. Sorry. I'm, you know, I'm trying to open up like a full blown brick and mortar where I can sell some knives and kitchenware and sharpening stones and things stone? like that. So in the future, I'll be able to help that guy out. Fingers crossed. I feel like those are the coolest stores, those like high end kitchen stores where you're oh. like, how much is this one knife? And they're like seven hundred dollars. And you're like, fuck. <laughs> uh, how much is this, that'll be me <laughs> how much is this cutting board and they're like 350 dollars, and you're like you are shitting me i love walking around those stores though you know i do i do want to have a couple of 700 dollar knives in the shop but i also really want to be able to appeal to like people our age who are just getting into cooking and you're never going to spend a hundred dollars on a chef's knife but if i can convince you to upgrade and drop 70 dollars on a knife it'll be a huge upgrade from that shitty Walmart knife that most people are using. Yeah. And I think that's, that's really it. important. What's the worst knife injury you've ever had? Yeah. Um, I haven't had anything too gnarly. I do have a few scars around my knuckles. And uh, this week I ripped like half the skin on my thumb off, but that wasn't even from a knife, which is extra frustrating when you work with <laughs> knives daily. It's not the knives that get you. It seems like you should have some sort of like immunity from other injuries when you inherently work with something sharp. Right. But the good news is that if you cut yourself with a sharp knife, it's a much better injury. It heals up better than one from a dull knife. I always have to tell people that. So, you know, you get what you get. I think Jeez. you would do wonderful things, too, if you had that shop to combine your improv teaching experience with with some like cooking classes if that's something you're interested oh. in that is the dream okay is, cool yeah full test kitchen like demonstrations classes like yeah you, you've got my five-year plan down wonderful <laughs> great <laughs> um i want to run a scenario by you and it was in a kitchen that i worked well i was just a server i didn't work in the kitchen at all but, you know, obviously I was a part of that environment. And I had a head chef, um, nicest man on the planet until he wasn't. Mm -hmm. And um, he would always make us, our shifties were always like the special. And I worked mm -hmm. at like a four-star restaurant. So sometimes it was like filet mignon or something like that. And I was like, nice. That's like, I was like 17 years old eating that shit. Yeah. Um, but they all had like magnets above their station where they would keep their knives, right? Okay, so already that sounds like a fabulous kitchen that is not typical yeah well, i mean it was a nice and they would yeah. they got really really good at it to the point that they would just like they almost wouldn't look like they would just mm -hmm. throw their knives like straight up and it would just <laughs> stick to the magnet and then they would just grab the other knife that they needed but if he got if the head chef got mad at one of the other chefs he would throw a knife at them expecting them to dodge it so that it would just stick to the magnet but uh, there was always like knives like flying around the kitchen. Yeah, like he would that's actually a classic scene. throw knives and then it would just stick, stick to the magnet and he would be like, what the, I don't know. Then they would start yelling at each other. And I would, Stuff I was like, like that is, is funny. And I mean, it like if you've read Kitchen Confidential to go back to Anthony Bourdain, like that's definitely the style of thing. That's very old school kitchen, very old school chef style. And I kind of love that, but it's also definitely ripe for potential abuses and just generally not a healthy work environment. The food industry is slowly, ever so slowly trying to move away from it, which is good. All right, we are going to move into the police blotter segment. Police blotter, police blotter, police blotter, police blotter, police blotter. 
Please, bloody. What it is uh, for you two and for new listeners that may have found the podcast at episode 81. <laughs> uh, basically, I come from a small town in the middle of Montana, and every uh, twice a week, I should say, the local newspaper publishes the law enforcement blotter, and there's just quaint happenings. So we like to read some of the funnier ones or some of the ones that uh, are just interesting. So here's one. A caller reported to a cus- a caller reported a customer in a local gas station was being rude to another customer concerning the wearing of a mask. Shocker. As officers were arriving on scene, an individual left the area on a four-wheeler and attempted to elude officers. The individual was found at another location and after investigation was cited for obstruction, eluding police officers, and disorderly conduct. What a shit show they've gotten themselves into all because they couldn't not comment on someone wearing a mask. Yep. <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah. And the four wheeler is just like a nice touch, you know? Oh, yeah. 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 Suspect leaves on a four wheeler. No shit. <laughs> a caller requested officer assistance with a vehicle lockout. The caller was provided phone numbers to local locksmiths as officers do not provide assistance with lockouts. This now, is why I love this. Someone called 911 because they were locked they out of their car. Because they locked themselves out of their car, yeah. <laughs> like, there, there is an, uh, like a normal uh, phone number for the police department. You don't have to call the emergency line. So Yeah, there's. I've called the non-emergency line. They're like the calmest people on the planet. They're like, sup? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, I think this needs to be looked at. And they're like, all right, we'll send someone over. Yeah, whenever. yeah. I, I also to... like that they shared this in the newspaper just to help inform everyone else. <laughs> oh, absolutely. They And, and it oh, and used the... to be more robust, too. It used to be a lot bigger of a column. It's shrunk a little bit, and they do sort of a bulleted list now. Um, the so original six drug total, one drug, agency assist, serve warrant, booking in, inmate, two drug drop, one drug. Like, and I don't read those ones, but... Um, I also, when I worked at a car dealership, I had to, we had to go basically break into some people's cars for them as well. And it's a process. I've had to break into my own car and then break into my house afterwards. And my house was on the second story. So I had to drive my car on the grass around so I could stand on the roof of my car and use (laughs) a pen, like a P E N pen to rip through the screen of my window and then slide open the window and then try to jump off the roof of my car into my second story window after I had just broken into my car. Um, that was uh, not great. Here's an interesting Amazing. one. A 911 caller reported allowing a person to walk their dog the day before and they did not return the dog. That individual was arrested for trespassing the night before and the dog was taken to the pound. The caller met officers at the pound and the dog was released to them. Oh, that's do they know the person before or I'm sure they do, but it sounds like, so there's an episode of King of the Hill where Dale steals Hank's dog Ladybird to li- like literally help him break into a house. And uh, it sounds like that situation to me. What if it was to like pick someone up? Oh, like they were using it as to like pick someone up and then it worked. And then they were like, now time to go home. And the person was like, Oh shit, this is not my dog. <laughs> Um, yeah, we'll go, we'll go back to my place and we can bang, you know, but this is totally my dog. And then they end up making risotto. Yeah. Yeah. And then no one's getting laid. (laughs) You're just sleeping in. The idea of getting laid is there, but no one's actually getting laid. 
that is it for the police blotter this week uh casey and heaven are going to join us in the after dark where we're going to be reading through some of the sketches that we will be performing at gingers on ice on october 9th at the zach in missoula montana um evan plugs what do you got what should people see or visit of yours oh god um i guess good there might be links on my instagram of uh native evan uh just one e um uh there's yeah my youtube channel will be on there there'll be some old stand-up sets some uh student films i've worked on so far and yeah wonderful i didn't mean to scare you by letting you plug yourself (laughs) on the podcast casey you had time to prepare what what, what i did look up for you (laughs) uh let's see you can get your knives sharpened by me if you want to throw them at people across the room onto a rack not recommended but you could uh you can find me at edgemissoula.com or edgemissoula on instagram you should also follow Improv Missoula to find out about future jams, shows, classes that I'm going to be helping run and support here in Missoula. And uh, finally, I will be doing a stand-up show at the Roxy, I believe inside, it might be in the garden, on September 22nd. That is next Thursday, if I am doing my math right. September 22nd at the Roxy. It's the Roxy Comedy Showcase. You can see me tell some jokes there. Wonderful. Jesus Christ, Evan. That was... Evan, did you hear how that was done? (laughs) That's how a professional does it, Evan. (laughs) You're like, oh shit, I think I'm on Instagram. Evan's like, like, fuck, I gotta, you can look at pictures of me, and uh, that's it. Alex, this is maybe news to you, uh, but all to uh, people listening in Bozeman, I will be doing some improv at Last Best Comedy this Saturday, uh, the 18th. And uh, yeah, the show is called Notorious B.O.Z., I did not come up with that. And uh, yeah, I'll be I'll be there doing some long form. I'll just be a guest. And uh, hopefully Alex will let me sleep on his couch afterwards. Will you be wearing a matching outfit with the rest of the performers? Ooh. No, I'm not officially on the team. I don't know if they have matching <laughs> outfits. I but... hope that they're all wearing matching outfits, <laughs> except for you then. Yeah. That would make for a great show. Alex and I got in trouble for wearing our matching improv shirts to an unsanctioned event one time, but that's a story for a different night. Alex, anything you want to plug? Uh, my butt. Okay. Somebody said Alex a butt plug. That's he'll report next week on how it made him feel. I'm tired of talking about it. I just want to do it. You do. Okay. Yeah. I tried to get you to go to the sex shop in Bozeman with me on your birthday and you wouldn't do it. So we did go, we walked around, but you didn't buy anything. Right. Come on, Alex. Um, anyway, if you want to listen to some new Gingers on Ice sketches, go sign up for the Patreon, patreon.com slash ginger on ginger. $5 a month. You get four or five extra episodes, depending on the month and uh, other bonus content. You get to vote on the episodes and stuff, but uh, yeah, we'll see you later. Thanks for being on the podcast. You too. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. Bye. 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 Ginger on Ginger is brought to you by the idea that we never really know where we're going in life. I didn't plan this out before I started, so sorry.